Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. James said in James chapter 5, verses 14 and 50, Any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. Lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise him up. This morning, in just a few moments, we're going to be doing that very thing, praying the prayer of faith, believing that God will heal and touch bodies and minds and spirits, emotions and souls. You can read it in Jesus' own words in John 14, 12 through 14. He said, greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to the Father. And anything you ask in my name, it shall be done. That's Jesus. That's God speaking to us. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 18, he said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Folks, I'm giving you the foundation this morning. I want you to understand that healing, divine healing from the throne of God, dispersed and dispensed by the Holy Spirit, is for you and me today. We have every right to reach out and put a demand on God's grace to bring healing into our bodies. Someone also said to me, why do we see so many healings in developing countries and third world countries and we don't see it here in the western world well, i think the answer is really pretty simple you know in the western world we have so many more advantages we have great doctors and there's several in this church today thank you for devoting your life to healing sick people we have good hospitals and medicines and we have abilities to see things healed and resolved so as a result we are not pressing in for a mighty move of God in our bodies, in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. I go, I love my doctor. You should as well. Don't neglect your physical form. Get help when you need it. But I've come to tell you, it's, see someone said it's a lack of faith in the Western church. No, it's not. It's not a lack of faith, it's a lack of opportunity. Because we don't turn first to God. We need to readjust our minds. We need to begin thinking again. There is a Jesus who said he will heal us. It's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of opportunity. And when we put ourselves in a place and a position for God to move through us, we're giving him opportunity to do whatever he desires to do in our lives. Do you know that Holy Spirit can do more in five seconds than you and I can do in 50 years? I come to tell you today, Yvonne declared it, this is your day. Today could be that very day where you receive that divine touch and you walk out whole, healed, well, in the name of Jesus. Those of you watching online, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to understand that healing is for you today as well. Some may be watching online because they can't physically get to this building. And that's okay. But right where you're at, no matter what you're dealing with, before you turn this broadcast off, the power of Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit is going to touch you and bring healing into your life and into your body. It's not a lack of faith, it's a lack of opportunity. Someone said, well, I don't know that I want to respond again because so often we pray and it doesn't happen. I've been prayed for a hundred times and I'm still sick. 
May I tell you, this could very well be your day. Don't sit back, press in, say, God, I've come to receive what you promised to me, and I want all of it, not just a small portion. Let it move in your life. See, I believe that God is faithful to his word. And I believe that if he spoke it to the apostles in the first century, if he declared it over the lives, if it was demonstrated in their lives and ministry, then it's available for you and I today as well. See, I believe in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God still operates through those gifts. I believe the Holy Spirit gives continually to those as they need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't possess them. They're not ours. They belong to Him, and then He gives us to, give them to us when we are in that place of need. Look with me at Psalm 107, verses 13 through 22. This morning I'm reading from the message translation. If you're not aware of the message, it's actually a Hebrew-Greek translation by Eugene Peterson. He did it over a period of years. Sometimes it just makes you want to shout when you read it. So let's look at it. Psalm 113, Psalm 107, 13 through 22. Then you called out to God in your desperation. He got you in the nick of time. He led you out of your dark, dark cell. He broke open the jail and let you out. Oh, somebody, have you ever been delivered? Have you ever been set free? That's what he's talking about. He broke open your jail and let you out. He shattered the heavy jailhouse doors. He snapped the prison bars like matchsticks. Some of you, listen to this, some of you were sick because you lived a bad life and your body's feeling the effects of sin. Ever been there? I know a lot of us have. There are things that we did years ago that have lingering and continual effects in our bodies. So he's saying some of you are sick because you had a bad life. Your body's feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't stand the sight of food. So miserable. You thought you'd be better off dead. Have you ever been so sick that that ran through your mind? God, just take me home. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I want to see you. Just take me home. I'd be better off dead. Well, I've been there. I've been there when the pain was so intense that I couldn't see past it. And that thought arose in my mind. May I tell you, that thought is not from God. That's from the enemy of your soul. And you need to learn to rebuke it and conquer it. I thought I'd be better off dead. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition, and he got you out in the nick of time. I love that. He got you out in the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. The King James says he sent his word to heal you. And we know that in the Old Testament, when we see that name, Word, it's talking about Jesus Christ. And he did send him. Years later, after this was written, he sent Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins and to provide healing into our bodies. Oh, I love it when I read that scripture. He sent his Word. He sent Jesus. He's here today to heal you. He sent his Word to heal you. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what he has done. Sing it out. Hallelujah. 
I'd love to sing it out this morning, but I don't want y'all to run out. But I'm going to declare his marvelous works, his goodness, his grace, his mercy. I'm going to tell you today, my God is good all the time. His promises are still true. He never recants. He never backs away. He never withdraws the promise in his word to you and me. And healing is one of those promises. Look at Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The message says, verse 16, this way, let's walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Folks, there are times your pride doesn't let you walk right up to him. There are times your sin nature doesn't let you walk right up to him. There are times the false doctrines that you have been taught all your life doesn't permit you or allow you to walk right up to him. I've come to tell you this morning, we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He has given us an invitation. He's opened the door. You don't have to sit on the sideline. You don't have to be at the back of the bus. But today, you can step in and receive the mercy and grace he's offering to you and me. I read that scripture and I realize that Jesus is touched with our emotional problems. He feels it in his emotions. That phrase, touched with the feeling of our infirmities, can also be translated, he has sympathy or compassion on you and me. He sees us struggling. He knows the aches, the pains. He's heard the diagnosis. But I've come to tell you this morning, there is one who is greater than anything in this physical world. One that is greater than any sickness, malady, disease that you may suffer from. And his name is Jesus. He's able to heal you today. That word touched. It means more than just reaching out and laying your hand on someone. It means a deep emotional bond. It means that he actually comes into your circumstances and lifts you up and begins to carry you because he's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. The best way I can describe this is a new mother with her baby. She's carried that baby for nine months. It's a part of her. And when the delivery occurs, she doesn't say, well, I guess my part is done. Now she takes that greasy wiggling, crying, dirty little baby that just came out of the womb, and she brings it to her bosom. And she begins to rub its head and caress its face. She begins to look it over from top to bottom. And there's a bond that develops that cannot be broken when that mother recognizes, I am touched with this feeling for my baby. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Touching means a different relationship. We're not serving a God that's still on the cross. We don't need to hang crucifixes around our neck. Jesus destroyed death, hell, and the grave 
through the cross, but it didn't end there. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He's powerful. He's mighty. He wants to touch you. And when he touches you, everything changes. Everything changes. From your mind to your spirit or your soul to your physical body, everything changes when the master touches you. He's inviting you today. He's calling you today. He's saying, let me touch you. When he touches you, it disarms you. It breaks down every wall. It drives out every lie of the devil. When he touches you, you are made whole in your mind, in your spirit, and in your body. Oh, someone, would you say, touch me? Touch me. In the Old Testament, the Jews had a high priest who once a year went into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled blood on that brazen altar in order to atone for the sins of the entire nation in that past year. But there was never a personal touch. The high priest did not lay hands on people. The high priest really was removed from that portion of society, the common man. He was on a pedestal. He didn't touch those that were under his leadership and intercession. No matter how warm, no matter how caring, no matter how charismatic he may have been, he couldn't touch millions of Jews. But what he couldn't do with the coming of Jesus as our great high priest, he does. You know, it's something that you have to wrap your mind around that in this room today, he's able to touch each and every one of us in a different way that's applicable to our life and to our situation. He is able to break bonds. He's able to destroy the lies of the devil. He's able to set the captives free with just his touch. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. When I read that scripture, I realize that he's involved physically in our lives and in our problems. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's involved in us. To the high priest of the Old Testament, the Jews were his constituents, his congregation, his responsibility. But to Jesus, oh, you got to catch this, Ephesians 5.25, to Jesus, we're not constituents, we're not congregants, we're not followers. To Jesus, we are his bride. His bride. Think about for a moment. Would you withhold anything from that person who is now your spouse? Would you withhold anything, any good thing? Of course you wouldn't. You want to be able to serve them, to better them, to love them. You want to be able to lead them into greater depths with the Lord. No one would do that. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Ephesians 5.25 says that he loved the church and gave himself for it. He loved, that's you and me. He loves us. He gave himself for us. And that personal touch would be there at all times. You can read in Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. He was outside the city of Capernaum, Jesus was. And a, and a man with leprosy approached him. You know that lepers were 
ostracized from society. It was a highly contagious disease. It brought death. So they were forced to live outside the people, separated from their family and friends. Their income was gone. Their profession was gone. They were lepers. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, it says that a leper came to Jesus. And he said, I know if you will, I can be clean. If you want, you can heal my body. And what did Jesus do? It says he reached out and touched him. He did what no one else would do. He looked past the disease. have to believe that's not true. You have to know and understand that that does not align with the word of God. James said in James chapter 5 verses 14 and 50, any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil, lay hands on them, and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise him up. This morning, in just a few moments, we're going to be doing that very thing. Praying the prayer of faith, believing that God will heal and touch bodies and minds and spirits, emotions and souls. You can read it in Jesus' own words in John 14, 12 through 14. He said, greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to the Father. And anything you ask in my name, it shall be done. That's Jesus. That's God speaking to us. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 18, he said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Folks, I'm giving you the foundation this morning. I want you to understand that healing, divine healing from the throne of God, dispersed and dispensed by the Holy Spirit is for you and me today. We have every right to reach out and put a demand on God's grace to bring healing into our bodies. Someone also said to me, why do we see so many healings in developing countries, in third world countries, and we don't see it here in the Western world? Well, I think the answer is really pretty simple. You know, in the Western world, we have so many more advantages. We have great doctors, and there's several in this church today. Thank you for devoting your life to healing sick people. We have good hospitals and medicines, and we have abilities to see things healed and resolved. So as a result... We are not pressing in for a mighty move of God in our bodies, in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. I go, I love my doctor. You should as well. Don't neglect your physical form. Get help when you need it. But I've come to tell you, it's, see, someone said it's a lack of faith in the Western church. No, it's not. It's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of opportunity. Because we don't turn first to God. We need to readjust our minds. We need to begin thinking again. There is a Jesus who said he will heal us. It's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of opportunity. And when we put ourselves in a place and a position for God to move through us, we're giving him opportunity to do whatever he desires to do in our lives. Do you know that Holy Spirit can do more in five seconds than you and I can do in 50 years? I come to tell you today, Yvonne declared it, this is your day. Today could be that very day where you receive that divine touch and you walk out whole, healed, well, in the name of Jesus. 
Those of you watching online, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to understand that healing is for you today as well. Some may be watching online because they can't physically get to this building, and that's okay. But right where you're at, no matter what you're dealing with, before you turn this broadcast off, the power of Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit is going to touch you and bring healing into your life and into your body. It's not a lack of faith, it's a lack of opportunity. Someone said, well, I don't know that I want to respond again because so often we pray and it doesn't happen. I've been prayed for a hundred times and I'm still sick. May I tell you, this could very well be your day. Don't sit back, press in, say, God, I've come to receive what you promised to me, and I want all of it, not just a small portion. Let him move in your life. See, I believe that God is faithful to his word. And I believe that if he spoke it to the apostles in the first century, if he declared it over the lives, if it was demonstrated in their lives and ministry, then it's available for you and I today as well. See, I believe in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God still operates through those gifts. I believe Holy Spirit gives continually to those as they need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't possess them, they're not ours, they belong to Him, and then He gives us to, give them to us when we are in that. He wants to heal your sickness and your disease. The whole point of this message is to build your faith to the position where you can say, Lord, touch me. I receive. I cast off all that stuff that has kept me from you. And today, for the first time maybe in my life, I receive. See, Jesus identified with that man's loneliness. Some of you today feel that very same sense of loneliness. Cut off and estranged from your family. No friends to speak of. No one you can count on. You feel like you're just wandering through the wilderness of life and hoping that at some point there will be an answer. I've come to tell you today, you're in the right place to find the answer. His name is Jesus. He identified with the man's loneliness as well as his loathfulness. He was despised. He was rejected. He was outcast. He was going to die. And Jesus dared to touch him. I'm speaking to somebody right now. God has put you in positions where you made a choice either to get involved with someone's life or to step away. And because you weren't certain, because you weren't confident in God's power and ability, you stepped away. I'm telling you today, don't back up, run in. Don't walk away, charge that one with need. Oh, come on, you're filled with the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. And if that's true, then every gift of God flows through you. It's time to become aggressive. Jesus touched him, unheard of, craziness. Nobody would do that. But Jesus did. Jesus did. Today we can come with our needs. We can place them before God. And we remember when we come, we're coming to a person. We're not coming to a cross. We're not coming to an altar. We're not coming to a deity that's far, far away. We're coming to the person of Jesus Christ. And we can ask him for whatever we need, and he will help us. You've got to understand this point in order to receive from God. It's a personal thing between you and Christ. 
It's a personal thing. You have to come to him as the son of the living God who loves you and gave himself for you. You have to know he knows you. He understands you. He sees where you're at. He knows what's ticking in your life. He knows what makes you happy and what makes you sad. When God looks at us, folks, he doesn't see our failures, our fears, and our frustrations. You know what he sees when he looks at a believer? Jesus. Jesus. Because we have put on the righteousness of God in Christ. He sees Jesus. What an impersonal high priest did for Israel once a year, Jesus did once and for all by dying on the cross. By giving his life as the perfect sacrifice. And because of that today, we can scream Colossians 1.14, that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And Romans 3.24 tells us very clearly we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says, Surely has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and hear this, and by his stripes we are healed. Well, it's time to understand that Jesus was smitten. Jesus was afflicted. Jesus was wounded. Jesus was bruised. Jesus died so that you and I today could say, I'm forgiven. I'm healed. I'm living in peace. I understand God in my life. Oh, come on. He paid the price for everything we need in our life every single day. And you know what? He doesn't get tired of us asking. He loves the fact that we come back and acknowledge him as our provider and ask him again and again and again and again. By his stripes, we are healed. Some people think that means sin, not sickness. Well, I'm here to tell you, he does heal your sin. He will change your nature. He will give you a new heart. He will heal you from that sin. But it also means every sickness, every malady, every disease, he has the power, the ability, and the want to, to heal you. Did you hear me? He has the want to. To heal you. What did he say to that leper? He said, I want to be clean. You need to get that in your spirit. It's not a matter of him wanting to heal you. It's often a matter of us getting in the right place, the right environment. That our faith begins to explode. And we begin to reach out to him as never before. And do a great work. And may I tell you this? I'm getting ahead of myself. Get a minute. Let your faith rise toward Jesus because he is the healer. Now, some people say, well, if I could just get to this revival, this crusade, this evangelist, if I could just get to this church, and if that man or that woman would lay hands on me and pray for me, then I would be healed. Folks, I've come to tell you today, it's not about the person praying for you. It may be an elder, it may be a deacon, it may be a pastor, an evangelist, maybe a prophet or an apostle. It may be... A it may be the most common people you know. It doesn't matter who's praying for you as long as they are filled with the Holy Ghost and following God when they lay hands on you, then you can believe they will recover. 
We've got to come past the point where we think, I need this from this person. And begin to focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on what he is able to do. Oh, come on, let your spirit begin to reach out right now. Begin to believe that God is able. If you're uncertain, read the book of Acts, all of it. And see what Holy Spirit did through the New Testament church. And I've come to tell you again, if he did it in the first century, he's doing it in the 21st century. His blessings, his gifts, his power, his grace, his mercy have not ceased. He's still working in this place. See, I believe there's nothing that can stand in the way of the power of Christ. Acts 3 he used Peter and John to bring healing to the lame man and restore his knees. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Acts 8 says many were paralyzed and they were healed. Acts 28, when Paul was shipwrecked on an island, he was taken to the most prestigious man there whose father-in-law was sick with a fever. He prayed for him and he healed him. He was healed. I've witnessed people who've had ter terrific, horrific Sickness and disease. Never forget Betty Baxter. She was in her 60s. She was hunched over like this. She couldn't stand up straight. And I remember when one of the deacons laid his hands on her and began to pray a prayer of faith over her. And in an instant, she went from this to this. And it was gone in Jesus' name. He healed her body. I know people who've been healed of cancer, diabetes, tuberculosis, blindness, deafness. I come to tell you, God can heal all sickness. I'll never forget the lady who came and she was dying of cervical cancer. Advanced, nothing could be done. But in an instant, the power of Jesus Christ and the gift of healing began to work in her life. And when she went back to the doctor a couple weeks later, there was no sign she had ever had cancer because there is a God who wants to touch us and intervene in our lives. So many, so many memories are just burned into my brain. The little boy, five or six years old, who couldn't speak and couldn't hear. And when hands were laid on him, the prayer of faith was prayed over him. His mouth opened, his ears opened, and he began talking to his mama for the first time in his entire life. I'll never forget the elderly lady who was carried into service on a kitchen chair. Didn't have a wheelchair. Too poor for that. And I will never forget when someone laid hands on her and prayed over her. She arose from that kitchen chair and she walked out that night not being carried in a chair, but carrying the chair home with her. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. Remember the blind man who couldn't see. He could wave your hand in his face. He didn't even know it was there. Completely blind. And I remember my friend, that little Baptist preacher, who had bought into the cessation doctrine. But that night, he chose to believe God. He laid hands on that blind man. His eyes were open and he began to see. Listen, that miracle wasn't just for the man to see. It was for that preacher to believe. We've got to understand God is able. God is able to heal all sickness and all disease. Listen, so many times we want to pray right. Use the right words. 
It's not the formula. It's the focus that brings the result. It's not you putting the right words together. It's you looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and saying, Lord, will you have compassion on this person? Will you intervene in their life? And letting him flow through you to bring healing. It's not the formula. It's the focus. The method or style of praying really has nothing to do with what God is going to do. He uses anyone whose heart is open and desires to flow through them to bring healing into their lives. And folks, it really doesn't matter who prays for you. A famous evangelist, a pastor of a church of 10 people, your friends, your spouse, it doesn't matter. When they begin operating the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God honors that and moves through them with the gifts of healing. We need to understand that. Let me just say it this way. Stop chasing a healing and start chasing God. Stop seeking a physical manifestation and seek the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Say, Lord, I've come today with needs, but my most important need is to be filled with you, to be consumed with you, to be on fire for you. Do something in me. See, it doesn't matter if it's a famous evangelist or a pastor or a deacon or a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. It doesn't matter who pays for you. What matters is that they touch God. Tom, would you come back? So are there requirements, prerequisites for divine healing? People ask that all the time. Yeah, there actually is. First, you must believe that He is God and that He is able. And if you can't believe that Jesus Christ is able, I seriously doubt you're going to be healed. He said, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, mighty things happen. He said, I have no faith. Sure you do, because he's given to every man a measure of faith. It's from God to you and to me. And that measure, however big or small it is, I don't know, but that measure is sufficient for you to connect with the Father and for the Father to begin pouring out the blessings of God into your life, starting with forgiveness and the moving into every blessing He has for you. You have to believe that He is able and that He wants to heal you. And then you have to make sure your life is right. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11, 29 and 30, make sure your life is squared away. Make sure your sins are forgiven. Make sure you're doing what God wants you to do. He said in those verses, for that reason, because their lives were not squared away and right with God, for that reason, many are weak and sickly among you. In fact, some have even died. So it's time to take a personal inventory. Ushers, would you come and begin distributing the elements of communion? Please understand today that that cup and that wafer you're about to receive is a representation of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a contact, a point of faith for you and me. There's no power in that cup. The power is in Jesus Christ. There's no power in that little nasty wafer. The power is in Jesus Christ. Please hold the elements of communion until everyone has been served, and then we'll receive it together. Some say right now, I, I can hear it. Well, you haven't told me anything I didn't know. 
I'm sure that's true. Because I'm preaching the gospel and the gospel is the same. It's the same. The whole story of divine healing is we have a great high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, who is tempted just like we are yet without sin. Therefore, I love that conjunction, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. In just a few moments, I'm going to open this altar. I'm going to invite you who have needs to come. Yvonne and I will pray the prayer of faith over you. Our elders and deacons will pray over you. You say, I don't know, I've been prayed for a hundred times. Well, maybe it's the hundred and first time that we'll connect. Never doubt the ability and the willingness of Jesus Christ. Rather, come submit your life to Him and say, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, everybody was not healed. Everybody was not delivered in that chapter. But they all received the reward because of their perseverance and endurance. It doesn't matter what's going on in this physical form. It doesn't matter how badly I hurt or the pain I might experience. Because I know this is but for a moment. And not worthy to be compared to the glories that await. Come on, folks, quit looking at yourself and focusing on yourself and focus on Him. Jesus is the whole story. Jesus is the real deal. Jesus can heal your body. Has everyone been served? Did we miss anyone? Stand to your feet with me. In that cup, you'll find a small, nasty wafer and some juice that may even be sour, I don't know. I know it doesn't taste very good. But the point of communion is to remind us of the suffering, the sacrifice, and the promise Jesus made through the cross. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, examine yourself so you don't eat or drink unworthily. What does that mean? It means that if there's unconfessed sin in your heart, you better confess it right now. See, Paul said, because you're eating and drinking this cup and this bread unworthily, many are sick and some have even died. See, this isn't a religious exercise. This is a demonstration of what Christ has done for you and me. When I hold that nasty little wafer, I remember the 39 stripes that were placed upon his back. When I hold that nasty little wafer, I remember that they pulled out his beard and beat him in the face and the head to where he wasn't recognizable. When I hold that wafer, I remember he was nailed to a wooden tree. His hands and his feet were nailed and there he died. When I hold this wafer, I remember the suffering, the pain, the persecution that Jesus Christ endured for you and me. Hold that wafer up, would you? 
Father, today we remember the sacrifice of your son. And in this moment, before we take this wafer, we're examining ourselves. Holy Spirit, turn your searchlight on. Search me, know me, examine me. If there be any unclean thing in me, remove it from me right now. Cleanse me and change me in Jesus' name. Would you take that wafer with me? Paul said in the same manner, he took the cup. And he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. It's through the blood that we are forgiven. It's because of the blood that we can say we're going to be healed. It's through the blood that every promise of God is activated in and over our lives. It's through the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your life's blood for us, for me. Thank you, thank you, that once for all, you paid the price and were the sacrifice for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Take that cup with me, please. Elders and deacons, please come. I need your help this morning. Please come. Spread out across the front. Leave a couple feet behind you so I can slip past. If you're in this place this morning and you need Jesus to touch you, you need him to bring healing into your mind, your emotions, your body. You need him to touch you. If that's you, step out and come. Stand in front of these elders and deacons. Yvonne and I are going to anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith over you. They're going to pray the prayer of faith over you. It doesn't matter which one of these guys you're standing from or ladies. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost. They move in the gifts of God, and God will use them to touch you. So come, if you have a need in your life right now, step out. Don't hold back. Don't say it's been a hundred times I've been prayed for. Today is your day. Step out and come right now. In the name of Jesus, step out and come. Let him do something in you this morning. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.